even that people that do have an advertising budget and still do run paid ads, I would still recommend these organic lead generation strategies because even if they're not bringing in leads per se, which they will anyway, it's still really positioning you as the authority. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, joined by my Thursday co-host that joins me every Thursday, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I am wonderful, Sam. Thank you. That is so good to hear. Although uh, I must admit I've been coughing all day and at least one person, (laughs) if not more than one, is like, (laughs) have you been to Melbourne recently? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, my heart goes out to people oh, in Melbourne right it's, now. It's a They're doing really, it tough. really tough situation, not just for businesses in, in, uh, in Victoria, but uh, like just every day. I actually had yeah. a friend of mine send me a photo of a Woolworths supermarket where literally every single item in the vegetable, in the fruit and veg was gone. Wow. Everything, all empty, midday. Wow. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're in Victoria, heart's going out to you. Hope that things repair themselves sometime soon. And even if they don't, we hope that you're doing okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. But today we're going to talk about organic lead strategies or organic lead generation strategies even. Um, I had someone reach out to me earlier in the week that had put together a new program or it was really a new product not a program so it was quite it was a low price point Mm. uh he'd he'd sold a few of these so less than a thousand dollars worth but thought it might be a good idea to turn on facebook ads um i suggested it probably wasn't the right time i'm interested tim what would you have what would you have said if someone had asked you that same question well, I think I think the question in in context, and let's actually kind of understand where the question is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, you've gone to market, you've, you're mm-hmm. trying this new product, maybe in a smaller sample size, and you've got some sales, right? So we've we've actually mm-hmm. got some some market validation. Yeah, we've got we've got people that have actually paid for it. That's right. So okay. That's, that's a really good. This start. is a good thing. <laughs> this is yep. right. Absolutely. New product. Will people actually give me money for this thing? Absolutely. I think in this context, though, what's missing from the conversation is the stuff that you then asked was, what else are you doing with your mm-hmm. existing, in where else are you in business? Now, uh, advertising is this wonderful leveler. And particularly if you can get your advertising strategy right, you can really uh, accelerate your business growth. Mm-hmm. But it's not an easy thing to do. Right and particularly with, a low, particularly with a low price product. Now, if you're suddenly starting to pay $10, $15 per click and only, you know, uh, and only getting one in six, one in seven people buying, all of a sudden you're at, you know, $80, $90, $100 per acquisition. And you can actually go broke a lot faster if you not don't have your eye on the bull. 
Absolutely. So thank you for adding context context there, Tim, because I am all for paid advertising, but I don't feel that at this particular time it's right for this person mm. just because of the price point being so low, the conversion's not being optimized yet because it's just a very new product. I don't believe the messaging is on point yet. And the other piece to the puzzle is he's got a large, large audience on social media that is highly engaged. Yeah, this is and probably I, the real, can, real one, isn't it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I have yeah. other channels and I have organic channels that I haven't tapped into. Absolutely. So he's got a, a Facebook group that's at nearly 2,000 people that is highly engaged, highly engaged with people that absolutely love every piece of content that he puts out. Uh, he's very engaged on his personal profile, on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So I think that's where it came in and said, and I said, you haven't exhausted all these other options that you've got at your fingertips. I wouldn't even look at paid yet. So yeah. we're going to talk today about what he can do or what you can do instead if you're in this same boat yeah okay let's talk very quickly sam about uh you know who organic lead gen strategies are better for i think organic lead gen is really great for smaller businesses businesses that don't have big advertising budgets uh, so people that are smaller than McDonald's and Coca-Cola, uh, <laughs> which unfortunately we are, although I, I say unfortunately, but I don't know that I could be, uh, that, that could do with the headaches of Coca-Cola right now. Not even slightly close, and I definitely don't have a budget that's that big. So I think that that people that are in the coaching consulting space where they are smaller, they're running a much smaller team, a tighter ship, um, maybe just getting going. Mm. Uh, I think that these these are these are really great um, opportunities. Yeah, one of the things I I hear from from clients all the time, and I know you get this as well is that this idea of sort of turning on the, the marketing tap when I need customers. This is a really funny thing, isn't it? I, I actually get quite um, intrigued when people say that, oh, you know, I turn off the tap and I'll just turn it on whenever I want it. Yeah. My, re my response to that is usually like if you took a glass of water out of the bathtub, would there still be a hole that you could come back to later on and just take back over again? <laughs> But it, it, it's, it's, it, you can't do it. And I, I would strongly encourage everyone, um, whether you're doing paid or organic um, strategies, that you have this marketing tap on full bore as much as you can all the time. Because otherwise you'll find yourself going through this roller coaster of ebbs and flows and you'll be in delivery one week and then you'll suddenly realise you've got no customers and you'll have to go back and do marketing and you'll be busy on that and then you'll suddenly, you know, it'll be this roller coaster, which is really, really stressful for a start, but also not very efficient. And we want to create the most efficient businesses we can because those are, those are the ones that are actually going to break through these glass ceilings that you and I have spoken about so often uh, and and grow to give us the lifestyles we actually want from our from our businesses. Absolutely. This is one of the reasons that I do a content creation hour with my inner circle clients every single month, that we take some time out, uh, everyone pulls out their content creation calendars, 
We put the timer on, everyone creates content and schedules it because that way it doesn't matter how busy you get during the month, at least you've got that content scheduled and going out consistently, which is so, so important. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's look at who's this best for. Smaller businesses generally, um, I think we need to be aware that if you're doing an organic lead gen strategy, it will still take you time. The mm-hmm. resource that your business has to spend is your time right? Not necessarily your money in this case. Um, That will switch at a certain point in business. You'll find that your leverage can become far greater from the amount of money you've got in advertising um, and your time becomes a little more precious. Absolutely. I still think though, I'm a big believer, Tim, that even that people that do have an advertising budget and still do run paid ads, I would still recommend these organic lead generation strategies because even if they're not bringing in leads per se, which they will anyway, it's still really positioning you as the authority. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I understand you've, you've, you've seen the, uh, the the open methodology that I teach my clients about what channels, organic, mm-hmm. paid, expert and network. The more of these you do, the more effective each of them is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's go, absolutely. Let's go into some of the steps. And we've got six steps that we want to share with you today around uh, what you should look at doing if you're going to use organic. And we're going to particularly, I guess, focus on social. We'll we'll reference social Mm -hmm. a lot here. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's there's ultimately six steps and it doesn't really matter what channel you go into, does it? No. And there is other channels, um, you know, when we don't have COVID, there's networking. I mean, I guess there's networking anyways and they're on Zoom, but, you know, there there are lots of other things besides social, but that is what we're going to focus on today. Okay. Now, obviously, first one is the right channel. Absolutely. And that's where, where is your audience right now? It's It, it sounds so simple, but there it's a lot of people really struggle to get their head around this because they they – they overcomplicate it and think, well, I don't really know where my audience is. But really, it's just about knowing who that ideal client is and then knowing where they hang out. Are they spending their time on uh, Instagram? Are they spending more of their time on TikTok or Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter? Just understanding where they are and that is the right channel. Um I do recommend that everyone is on Facebook, I think, because it's just, what is it, the third largest? Country. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Country. It's a continent, surely. (laughs) But it is is massive. Uh, Most people have a presence on Facebook. I think the great thing about Facebook is that the conversation on Facebook is so broad Mm -hmm. that you can get away with having a business conversation in a personal channel. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I think, yeah, Facebook's a great place to really um, explore your um, brand, your personal brand because mm. there's so many conversations that you can be having. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Number two. Number two is really important is to keep your content on topic. Oh. Um, I see this a lot with people really getting frustrated that – People in their audience are going to their competitors, but it's because they're not constantly posting content that's on topic, which means that their audience doesn't really understand what their zone of genius is, how they help their clients, on who their clients actually are. So content that's on topic is really important. Yeah, I think the other thing here, we do we do tend to play safe, right? We don't want to offend people. 
mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and a lot of us who have, you know, either come out of government or come out of corporate, like so many coaches and consultants have done. So we haven't all created our business from scratch as a, you know, uh, as a nineteen-year-old, right? Straight yeah. out of school, we, we've come from these environments where we've we've had to be politically correct and safe and not rock the boat. But mm. unfortunately, what that means in our business context is that we're very as a result of being very safe, we're also very forgettable. We're very brown mm-hmm. box. Um, very vanilla. Very vanilla. And, and Sam, I know you and I have both recommended people pick up a copy of um, Seth Godin's Purple Cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Purple Cow, one of the biggest principles are that if you're the same vanilla, same brown cow as everybody else, um, your your client, your customer, the person you're trying to attract the attention of won't be able to differentiate you from everybody else. Mm. And whilst it does mean if you're the purple cow, whilst it does mean that you will alienate some people, what it also means is that you will attract more of your tribe, more of your ideal fans. Absolutely. People that believe in what you believe. And when you stick your your flag in the sand, I guess, as you say, other people will be right there behind you. It could be scary though, can't it, Tim? Yeah, it can. I think for, particularly when you're starting out in business, we're so used to trying to go – just say yes, right? Yeah. What, what do you want to pay? Yes, that, I'll take it, right? Yeah. We're sometimes so desperate for the sale that we overlook whether that is the right sale for us to be making. And if we're a little bit more polarizing, a little bit more, uh, I guess, stronger about what our brand represents and, and who it is that we want to try and attract, what we'll actually find is that we'll attract more of the right people who want to work with us, pay us what we're worth, um, and actually be better clients as a result. And it is this real kind of, well, if I say no to you, you know, I'm giving up opportunity. You're actually going to attract more of the right opportunities to you. And that's ultimately the, the secret, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's more than the sales. I think that a lot of people are scared to post what they really believe in for a fear of being judged, for a fear of being pushed out from the herd. You know, if if that's one way to say it, It, people, this is the interesting thing, right? We all want to feel part of something, Mm. but for us to be able to grow our brand and for people to really um, connect with us authentically, we actually have to do the opposite. We have to be unique and authentic, Mm. which actually means that we need to pull away from the herd. So it's very interesting. So, yeah, I know definitely. Is, yeah, I'm sorry. I know this is a lesson that you learned very on in your business uh, when you posted a, a, a thing saying, hey, I really hate bookkeeping and I'm struggling oh with zero or whatever. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, the feedback, and, and you got some feedback from people saying, oh, my God, you're, but you're supposed to be this business coach. Uh-huh. Um, how could you possibly say that you're struggling with this? Um, and I know yep. you've, you've, you're much better at it now and, and you've got people to sort of do that as I do in my business. I, I absolutely outsource the bookkeeping because that's part of my business that I, I really don't absolutely. But then at the same time, you attracted so many people even more so have gone, oh, my God, Sam, I'm so happy you said that um, because this is something I don't get. I can't understand it. I really hate doing it as well. Absolutely. It did. The the very first time that happened, it did make me very wobbly. When someone reaches out and calls you and says, you know, you're never going to be able to grow your business because you said that, you know, it's a a very tough thing to hear. 
but it really helped me. It, it was a fork in the road moment mm. because it made me realize that that wasn't my ideal or someone in my tribe um, that was an ideal client and that the, the people in my tribe understood that we can't be good at everything and that that we don't want to believe that people are because we know that's not true Mm. we all have zones of genius and we all have things that don't come as naturally that's human nature so um yeah know what you stand for yeah absolutely and i think it's okay to sometimes step out of your comfort zone as well um Mm -hmm. i did a a post last year my wife um over the last 18 months uh developed very severe anaphylaxis, as, as mm-hmm. you know, Sam. Mm-hmm. And I put a post up um, some time ago saying, hey, I wanted to share this thing that's not related to automation, it's not related to systemization, it's not related to, to marketing or sales. You know, this is something I'm really passionate about and shared that. And I don't do that every single time. But mm-hmm. I had, like, the the relationship that I built with people off the back of doing that was just incredible. We're going, okay, mm. okay you're not just a robot. <laughs> Absolutely. So whilst we've said that to create content on topic, maybe it might not even be your topic that you teach or that you that you talk about in your business. It might be content on topic for your brand or something that's relatable. So just be really aware that, uh, that you do need to create content so that people understand you and what you're about. Um, one thing that I do want to mention before we go on is that you don't need to create new content all the time, mm. that I do suggest that you repurpose your content. It helps you stay on topic and it does, and it means that you don't need to be a content creation machine. Yeah. I know you've just done this in your business, Sam, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm actually hiring someone right now who's going to repurpose a lot of my content. So I'll mm-hmm. be uh, doing podcasts like, like this one. About mm-hmm. to start a, a new podcast myself. I know you've got a couple of other podcasts as well, Sam. But mm-hmm. look at where in your business that you add the most value. And if that's being the face, if that's putting yourself on video and, and stuff, as that's turning up and, and being the voice on a podcast, you can take that content and repurpose it and reuse it in different ways. Now, whether you're Absolutely. doing it or whether you've got someone in your team to do this as well, but you can create memes or sound bites or blogs from the content you're creating and and use that just because someone and even the same post you can mm-hmm. reuse if it's got a good uh, it's got good penetration with your market use it again absolutely right because not everyone will have been ready to hear the message at the time you posted it the first time around yeah something i was i learned from a mentor years ago which kind of blew my mind because i was in the mindset that i needed to create new content all the time he said your ideal client is always going to have the same frustrations and the same the same aspirations so you don't need to be creating new content all the time you just need to cycle your content what? and that that was a really big learning curve for me that's awesome what's mm. that, that saying when the when the student is ready the teacher appears or yeah the same thing in reverse but <laughs> 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 um, that's the thing right people are constantly coming into our world and they they're constantly at the at the point and just because you put a piece out today doesn't mean to say that your student is is in the right place to hear that message from you at the point you put it out. Absolutely. But six months, 12 months, two years down the track, maybe they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's look at number three. Number three. Uh, and this is to not always 
post right hooks. And I'm referencing Gary Vaynerchuk's book here, Jab, 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 Right Hook, with the jab, jab, jab being the content that we put out that's educational, inspirational, aspirational, and the right hook being the sales post. Now, we do need to ask for the sale, but we can't ask for the sale every single post. And I see this happening a lot with people repeatedly putting up these same selling posts all the time, you know, like come to my webinar, come to my webinar, come to my webinar. You know, you feel like you're in a, you're just seeing the same thing over and over. And what happens is a couple of things. Number one, your audience will become blind to that post because they'll gloss over it. Yep, I've seen that and they'll just scroll straight past. And the second one is that they you won't get interaction and engagement. And there's a couple of things wrong with that. Number one, you want your audience to interact and engage with you because it's, it's I guess, training them to, to open up their conversation with you, which is always a good thing. But secondly, if you don't get interaction on your posts, the algorithm of these social media platforms will we'll have a look and say, oh, no interaction on these posts. They're a bit boring. We won't bother showing them to anyone. So you won't even show up in people's feeds. Yeah, but it's not just those posts. It's all of them. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's that's, that's critical. Actually, I've got two, two funny stories here, Sam, um, about, the I guess, the extremes of this. Um, mm-hmm. I had a client years ago uh, who had been writing some amazing content in, uh, in a um, – a regional newspaper and, and putting that every single week. And after 12 months of not getting any results uh, from this content and this material, uh, he literally packed up his house and his wife and, and moved towns when, to where I then met him. And I said, okay, well, you know, it sounds like you really know what you're talking about. Can you send me an example of some of your content and I can take a look and give you some feedback on, on how we can make it work for you? And the stuff was incredible, right? Really, mm-hmm. really top quality content, like so many of us produce on a regular basis. But he was missing that right hook. Mm. Okay, he was missing that opportunity to ask his reader to then take the next step in the customer journey. And as mm. a result, it was just all content, all value, value, value. And he found effectively that his uh, his readers were just getting this business education for free. Yeah, awesome, which okay. which is really cool, right? Brilliant, brilliant. okay. And, and, and as much as and I do joke about this, and as much as we want to hint and suggest that our children clean up their bedrooms, unless we actually ask them to, they often won't do it. Often? <laughs> okay. All the time. Now, Absolutely. The second one is if we go too far the other way. Now, um, if we, as you say, if we constantly ask, we need something to break that cycle. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I'm prone to getting incredibly <laughs> focused in my work to the point that my son now calls me Tim, doesn't call me dad anymore. Uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> because he would constantly come in and say, dad, 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 you know, and I'd be on a phone call or, or really engrossed in in doing something in my business. Uh, and, and it's only when he said, Tim, now, whether it was just happened to be get to that point and I suddenly go, what is it? All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why are you interrupting me? You can see that I'm on a phone call that he, that was the only way that he broke the cycle to get my attention. Mm. And now he calls me Tim all the time. <laughs> right. But so we do need to do, we do need to mix it up. And if we do too much of the same sort of stuff, we actually get that blindness. 
Uh, I used mm. to call this in advertising world, we call this banner blindness. Mm-hmm. So we just see the same sign and this we, we know this all the time, right? We Most accidents ho- happen a couple of kilometres from home because all the signs and warnings and everything just become so common for us, we start to tune them out. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. why we need to get this mix of content up. Sometimes there's value, sometimes it's that right hook where we're saying, hey, I need you to take this next step right now. Yeah, so I definitely agree. I see the same thing, Tim, that people are either giving every right hook, every post a right hook, or zero right hooks. So start to think about where you sit on the spectrum of that and try and get those right hooks balanced. So you've got content going out, you're always asking for something. If it's not a sale, always asking for some sort of next step, some sort of you know, might even be comment on a post or uh, share or click here, but always sort of giving people the next step. Yeah. It's a good habit to get into. Absolutely. Now that takes us on to number four. Number four. This is this is definitely something that both of us talk about all the time and it's making sure that no matter where people find you, you're inviting people to join your list. You need to be growing your list. Yeah. Why is that important? You know, because we can grow communities on on Facebook and LinkedIn, but why is it important to, what do you think it's important to to put people on your list, Sam? We we own our list. We don't own our social media profiles. So at any time, actually, this has happened to you, Tim, hasn't it? You've been in Facebook jail. (laughs) I have been in Facebook jail. (laughs) I was a pain in the ass. (laughs) So, you know, and it happens. I saw someone else lose their business account the other day. Um, it can happen at any time where we can not have access to our audience on social media. But if people are on our list, we can always reach out to them and email them. We want to be able to speak to our prospects in many different places. So it's like setting up a net so that they're seeing us. What it feels like is that they're seeing you everywhere. Yeah, and they don't. Interesting enough, they don't have to. I, uh, I've, I've got a meeting with a client with a, a new prospect this week actually, um, who had seen me all over LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually posted on LinkedIn. I've been a bit lax lately. Uh, haven't actually posted on LinkedIn for almost two weeks. But, <laughs> but because I'm commenting on stuff on a regular basis, I'm, I'm appearing in the feed, and as a result, and it's like, oh my god, I've now got this association between I need to get my marketing strategy, I need to get more systemization into it um, sorted out, that he's associated that issue in his business with my brand, which, mm-hmm. is, which is ultimately what we want to be doing through this organic strategy. We need to create the association that when someone says, I've got this problem and that's my priority to now fix, that they associate with that with you and then they reach out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when they say, oh, my goodness, you're everywhere, that that's what you're aiming for. But like Tim said, you won't be everywhere. You just want to make sure that, you know, going back to top um, step number one that we talked about, that right channel, content on topic, you know, the right hook, that you will look like you're everywhere. Yeah. It's, like, it's a really important thing. And, and if we come back to just some fundamentals of relationship building, if you can't, you need to be able to move someone from where they are to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're at, the, we're, if we're at a, a nightclub, we need to be able to move someone from the bar to the dance floor. And mm-hmm. that actually sort of shows, that's actually a buying signal that people move along with you mm-hmm. and they're prepared to move along with you. If they're not prepared to move, you haven't done enough where they were. 
Mm-hmm. But if you have been doing enough and then you can move them, that's actually kind of what we want. We want to deliberately and systematically move through people through our process. And one of those things we need to do very early on is moving people from our social media or from our networking or wherever channels into our list. Mm-hmm. It's actually a very important step in the buying journey. So let's talk about quickly some ways that we can do that because people might be thinking, yeah, that sounds really great and I get it, but I don't know how to do that. So you could be asking people for their email address when they join your Facebook group. You could be posting your lead magnets or posting your webinars so that people are opting into your list. Have you got any other really cool ways to? Yeah, look, um, you know, come and join my live training. Just just mm-hmm. register for my live training. Uh, join a, a networking evening. I mean, I, mm-hmm. on, with with COVID, those have been really popular. Joining a networking evening, just register, and uh, we'll send you the details of the networking evening. Um, you know, so there's lots of I think there's lots of ways, but it's usually some exchange of value. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you something, and what I want in return is your you know your name and, and uh, contact details. Absolutely. So that takes us to item or step number five. And and this is, again, something that I see are so many people missing and there is so much opportunity here, I think, more than before. And that's to take your conversations from social media and from your emails uh, to private conversations. So that might be... um, discovery calls or sales calls or um, you know zoom calls but what I'm really loving right now is using like dm on instagram or messenger on facebook and having these conversations in private chat yeah that's that's um really effective right now uh, Mm -hmm. to do that and and just being able that it's 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 largely that's that one-on-one conversation is it's moving from absolutely to this one-on-one setting and it doesn't really matter which one it is, um, you, you, but we're still doing the same things in context of our sales process. We're still discovering where they're at, what the gap is, what the pain point, you know, suggesting a solution mm. and, and, and whatever it happens to be. But we're really having that one-on-one conversation to turn our lead, you know, we're really warming our lead up to that point of sale, aren't we? This is, Absolutely. <laughs> this is what it all comes down to. <laughs> yeah, right. But I think that so many people have taken automation I think almost a little bit too far and automated everything and people aren't feeling heard. They're not feeling valued. They're not feeling seen. So being able to send someone a message and say, hey, uh, thanks for joining my webinar just now and interacting. I really appreciated it. Um, I noticed that you asked a question about, you know, X, Y, Z. You know, do you want to take that conversation further? Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? That was a great yeah. point or, you know, yeah. appreciate your input. Um, I think we're, and, and look, I, I would say this a lot with automation. Automation doesn't mean impersonal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm okay. so glad you said that, Tim. <laughs> automation is just the systemization of your process. So if you know that someone's registered for your group or registered for your webinar, create an automation that creates a task for someone to reach out. And whether it's you mm-hmm. or your team, it doesn't really matter. Um, but if, if it's appropriate to have a personal interaction, you can automate and systemize the task to create the personalization. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. And step number six, oh, always please, be please, refreshing please, please, please. your audience. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got to do this. 
um, we've got to constantly refresh our audience. And the reason for that is that some of the people who you bring into your network um, are going to be in different places all the time. And likewise, you're going to be in different places. We've, we've spoke, You and I, Sam, have spoken so often about how our businesses are different from they were uh, you know, three years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. let alone six months ago. Yeah. You know, we've changed. We've been, you know, you and I have been doing the Knowledge Business Launch Formula Program um, since the beginning of May. What's that? That's only <laughs> that's only two months. Oh, my goodness. It feels no. like so much longer than that. <laughs> uh, and we've, we've taken 17 students through that program, um, you know, in the last, uh, in, in two sessions over the last three months. But we've got these, you know, we're doing different things. Your audience is doing different things. They're in a different space. You're in a different space. Um, and we, this is why we constantly need to be refreshing our audience, constantly be sort of reaching out to new people, um, you know, making sure that new people come into your list because some people will unsubscribe or they've finished your programs or whatever, the, for whatever reason, you're in a different place and they're in a different place. Mm. So whatever brought them in in the, your audience in the first place may not be necessarily relevant anymore. Absolutely. And in the other way, you might have someone that's been in your audience and following you for sort of, you know, five, six, seven years. And all of a sudden, there's just this one hot point that has them signing on to work with you. And you just don't ever know where your audience is at. So you need to be constantly bringing new people in, constantly discussing things, moving them into different places so that when they're ready to hear your message, that they hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And there's always going to be new people. If we took the context of, you know, Sam, you've got uh, all of your kids uh, into their 20s now. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's may as well be, even though he's only 14. He keeps. <laughs> keeps oh, you have many years of pain. I know. Of you, yeah. asking me to sort of, you know, can I, Dad, can I drive up the street? I'm like, nope. <laughs> and let's go go-karting. I'm going to thrash you. And I'm going, nope. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if your message was, um, you know, how to be a great dad to your toddler, that's not relevant to me anymore. Mm, absolutely. And it was at a certain point in my life and that's what I subscribed to, but it's not relevant anymore. Right? Really but good point. By the same token, you know, how to, you know, how to deal with a, with a teenager wasn't relevant three years ago when my son was 11, but now absolutely because I'm having highly I'm having all sorts of different sorts of, conversations and challenges and stuff and this is your audience is going to be the same you know they'll go through these phases where the message that you put out there the content you put out there the thing that you solve is highly relevant for them in their journey absolutely so we're like we said at the beginning we're all for paid advertising but definitely at the right time i think that the always should be time for organic lead strategies uh, in your business. So just going back over those steps, number one, making sure that you're showing up on the right channel so that your audience sees you. Number two, keeping your content on topic, not just for your zone of genius, but for your personal brand so people can get to know, like, and trust you. Number three, make sure that you either, uh, make sure that you've got some sort of call to action Make sure, though, that you're not at either end of the spectrum, either just selling that right hook or just putting up those those selling posts or the opposite, never asking for the sale. Number four, making sure that you're adding people to your list. 
Number five, taking your conversations to a private conversation. And number six, making sure that you refresh your audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's not, it's, look, the thing is, though, these are not complicated steps, right? But we've got to do them. If we don't do them, our organic lead gen strategy is not going to work for us. And Absolutely. if we try and skip over any of these steps, we're going to have problems as well. Yeah. Be strategic. Make sure you follow follow the little bouncing balls from one to six. I think um, if you think about um, climbing a ladder, if you have to climb up the ladder and there's one rung missing, and you're trying to get up to the rung above it, you take so much more energy and it's so much harder than if you go each rung one at a time. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So, well, if you enjoy, go for it, Tim. <laughs> um, I was going to say, guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, um, we would love for you to join us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. Um, We're going to be posting this episode along with all the other 199 episodes are up there as well. Uh, You can grab any of those, of course, and subscribe to the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast on all good um, podcasting channels. But we'd really love to have you part of the community. Throw your questions in, your comments, your thoughts um, on today's episode and any of the episodes, of course. Um, We are doing some more fun stuff with with our, with listeners right now. And of course, we had um, a guest on a couple of weeks ago. We're going to be doing more of that sort of stuff where we unpack business people's businesses live and answer your questions on the podcast on a more regular basis. So Absolutely. So if you would like to be featured, put your hand up and let us know. We would love to have you on the show. Absolutely. Almost uh, at 200 episodes. Almost there. I know. Only a so few exciting. days away. <laughs> so exciting thanks Tim for hanging out with me for another Thursday thank you to the listener it's really great hanging out with you here have fun getting your organic content out onto social media and we look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group super soon ciao ciao Thank you for joining us today. We truly respect your time, so we hope this was valuable to you. If you're a new listener, thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget to connect with me by heading over to samanthariley.global forward slash connect. And you can connect with Tim at winmorclients.com.au forward slash connect. Be sure to contact us and share any feedback questions or topics you have too.